Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But searching the shelves for that special overlooked movie will never end. The one that really sticks with you forever. Let's drown ourselves in a sea of streaming services and ask the question, what the fuck is that? Does this hold up? And just what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank Roll. I'm Scott Moran. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> I apologize if there's some room noise or it sounds different than normal. I reconfigured the office, but Frank is much closer to the window than I would like. So if you hear a car or Tejano. <laughs> or if you hear like a loud crashing sound, then it's just like a fucking horror movie and an arm has reached in and fucking dragged me out. But Frank's going to do it stoic. <laughs> I'll throw you He's just something. Gonna... <laughs> He's going to put his fucking fists on his hips and just get drug out the window. <laughs> Like toss the lozenges and you're like, why the lozenge? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about that Henry Cavill shit? What? So Henry Cavill quit Witcher to do Superman because mm-hmm. the studio told him it's back on. Yeah. And then I guess he met with James Gunn and uh, he's not going to be Superman and he's not going back to the Witcher. I saw something that was like when they announced the next Superman. So he's done. Yeah. And they had announced Liam Hemsworth was going to be the next Witcher. The whole Internet was like, fuck you. No equivalency there. <laughs> I didn't know that's uh, what was up with the Cavill. I had no clue. Yeah, I like that guy. He's cool. Yeah, what was that? The Tudors, right? Yeah, he plays uh, Warhammer. He was painting Warhammer models. No way. Yeah. I feel like the first thing that the Cavill got me was Tudors. I know I'd seen stuff with him in it before, I felt like, but yeah, he Tudors in, uh, did it for me. 300 for like a second. Yeah? It's like It's like a one scene thing. Still, he was in 300. Yeah. That's cool. He was around. I still want to watch, uh, there's a movie that the cover looks like Nightcrawler. It's like a murder mystery thing with him. I've had it on my queue forever. Looks like Nightcrawler, like, uh... I'm, I'm talking about it from a graphic design standpoint. It's got yellow lettering. Like pavement in It the doesn't background. have Jake Gyllenhaal looking weird as fuck on the front or anything. If we ever find a reason to watch that one, I'll watch it for, like, the tenth time. I've You've watched... watched that that many times? Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. That movie fucks with my brain. It's one that I was going to sleep to for a while. Oh, nice. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, Bill Paxton was in that one. He he was <laughs> yeah. in that. Yeah. Sorry. It's just like whenever we talk about a movie and I'm like, oh, yeah, Bill Paxton was in. I'm like, I feel like I have to. Every time I find a movie with Bill Paxton in it that I haven't seen, I freak out. <laughs> he was in a dinner party movie called The Last Supper. I haven't seen it in many, many years. I watched a depressing documentary series on Netflix, you know, three episodes. What was it called? Crime scene, the Texas Killing Fields. Oh, okay. I've looked at that one. I watched uh Don't Pick Up the Phone. Whoa. So Netflix? it was about yeah, it was it's a series it just started on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I've only watched the first two. It's like this guy was calling and saying he was a cop all through the nineties from like calling cards and getting managers at fast food restaurants to illegally strip search their employees and in some cases sexually assault them. It's fucking nuts. Because the first one, you're like, that's a <laughs> fucked up manager. But hundreds of them? What was this fucking dude saying? So he was getting managers to get their employees to strip to search them. Like he was. Like he would call and tell them that like somebody accused them of stealing money and that it would save them a lot of time if you could just search your employee for us. And he'd pull them in and he'd start with the shoes. And he'd take a long time. And he'd like get, you know, take off their shoes, look in their shoes, remove the pants, remove the shirt, remove the underwear. That's so fucked up fantastic. 
the first one that they go through is like 2004 near the end of it mm-hmm. and that one's fucked up was it a power thing or was he getting off on this does it explain it almost that? feels like a stanford prison experiment sort of thing where like this cop is giving this food service manager power to do something and uh it's all broken up all over the country mm-hmm. and then like three of them happen in boston and it's sort of like they start to converge on each other it's crazy them trying to chase this guy down but it was back like payphone days that's just so random though it's so crazy dude that's why i was like oh my god i would watch this shit i mean it's just so random maybe and especially if it was you know further back people might not question it i mean you should (laughs) the incidents like it's just so random the cops putting pins all over the map you start to be like whoa this happened that many fucking times (laughs) just everywhere it's crazy I told my mom about it, and she was like, I remember that. It's nuts. No, that sounds way more crazy. Mine was just depressing. Yeah, uh, that looked depressing, and I think that's why I passed it by. Uh, It was just something I hadn't heard of being in Texas from Texas. I was like, oh, well, might as well see what this was all about. And then, you know, now doing the dad thing, I Googled how far away it was from my house. I was like, yeah, it's it's just outside Houston. It's like Galveston area. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was fucked up, though. Young women, young girls just going missing from like certain areas around I-45. A lot of it was happening in a place called League City. Like that's where the- I know where that is. You know where League City is? So that's where the bodies were being dropped. That's Houston area, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's uh. there's some crazy fucking serial killer shit. Well, and that's the thing. They were saying this was during the 70s, 80s. So that's when Houston was like booming, blowing up. You had oil, entertainment, you know, like it was just, it was a cool place to be in Texas. So if people wanted to try that life, they were coming to Houston from all over, you know? Yeah. Sure. It's like construction dudes, you know, from other states. Man, some of those Houston stories are crazy. Well, yeah, because it's, uh, if you don't know, Houston's kind of swampy in places. Yeah. You you know about the Candyman? A Candyman in Houston? The guy who owned the praline factory. I think it was pralines. He was like the heir to it. And he was like killing boys. And he had these two other boys like grabbing the... The other boy, like, you know, he's getting re- them. Oh, yeah. Like he had like little vampire assistants, huh. but he was like non on their genitals and shit. He had like a mass grave that they quit digging up because they were like, it's just sludge like hundreds. Oh, that's fucking awful. Yeah. No, this one spanned several right down th- the road. <laughs> yeah. No, this one. So, yeah, three hours from where we're at. It's three hours from here. That's um, like a whole state away anywhere else for other people. Yeah, that's that's not too bad in Texas. <laughs> I'll never give up. I'll never give up that it's too fucking far. <laughs> driving to Houston is like driving to another um, state. No, the most fucked up thing was, dude, it probably wasn't just one person. That's how some of those go, man. But then it goes in those different directions. And I'm curious about it. So I go to Google and I start looking at the overhead views, you know? They're building subdivisions. The community's growing just right around where all these bodies were dropped and all this shit took place. You moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. <laughs> Bingo. There's a damn church, like, I don't know, a couple hundred yards away. I don't know if that church was there when this was going on, but I mean, the closest thing to where these bodies is a church. Anything else? Okay. I, I did a already seen it, as I called it last week, I believe. <laughs> now, this I is. I thought a, you called them oldies, but goodies. So I all these but goodies or something. I'm just gonna go with already seen it. Oh, okay. It's a different category here. I fucking rewatched Tiger King. What? I know. Man, that's weird. You put yourself through that again? Well, it's because the other week I watched the documentary about the Persian cat. Misty and nostalgic for 2020. (laughs) Well, I think the more you watch Tiger King, you understand what went 
on. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> I'd watch the documentary about the wrestler who bred Persian cats. Yeah. And then something was going on politically to where I was like, how fucking crazy is this world? And for some reason, I go to these weird random things when I want to see what real fucked up shit is like. So Joe, that whole circle of big cat people. And, you know, since then, I've watched those other ones on Doc Annell. You know, his his bonus one, that fucking guy who was all in with the uh, shaman or whatever the fuck that dude was of the yogi movement. When I was working on mixing the the invitation episode. Mm hmm. I reminded myself that I was like, some TV shows you abandon are because big life changes happened in the middle of them. And I had said that in the episode. And I was like, what's really good that I stopped watching because of that? Mr. Fucking Robot. I watched two seasons of Mr. Robot and stopped. I was loving that shit. Oh, yeah, and, I remember uh, you talking about that. Yeah. You never finished it? So me and Kelly met in like 2019. And uh, she didn't watch the fourth season. Because that was when that aired. So I was like, we should finish this watch two seasons of mr robot in a week <laughs> almost done with the second season i think we have one or two episodes left never started it man it's so good yeah you seem to really like it it's so fucking good christian slater is fucking great in it i don't know if i remember that he was even in that he's mr robot fuck off yeah dude. <laughs> i thought the yeah it's like uh i thought freddie mercury was mr robot I, I mean it's a really old show at this point but i don't want to ruin anything about mr robot yeah it's christian slater and robbie malik we're gonna spoil everything but thing. mr robot no i don't want to spoil it okay fine in that first season was so good in crime scene uh the texas killing fields was it aliens no <laughs> just fucking <laughs> the defeat in your voice just dirty ass fucking well, this is the last dinner party. We're already th we're at dessert. Yeah, past Christmas. This one was family too, but still a dinner party movie. I would still argue that this is more dinner party movie than all the other things it is. Why were they all so affluent? You know, did we have any middle class dinners in there? I'm thinking about it. Coherence was probably the closest, but even that's not like this is like California. They were in a modest house. But I mean, a modest house in Ca that's still an that belonged to house. the director of the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That still was not a cheap house. No, because who the fuck has dinner parties, man? I think uh, that's what that's the bottom line. Like you're not going to see the Gallagher's have a dinner party. They're not cleaning that house up for that shit. I'm going to start having dinner parties to break the mold. <laughs> yeah, those are called potlucks. They're not affluent people. No, god damn it! It's going to be a dinner party. <laughs> If anybody brings any kind of fucking casserole, you're gone. Potlucks, I used to just bring a bag of like Snickers bars from the gas station and be like, I brought food. Everybody <laughs> wants that. Don't act like you don't. You're telling me you don't want a Snickers? I would eat a Snickers. What are we talking about? I'd eat like four of those fuckers right now. Yeah, I did that at one in New York City, and I did it several times here. Because what the fuck was I going to bring? I'm not from New York City. Well, you knew the guy in Albany, right? Teddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trivet wing out. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorites. High up tour stories. I wonder I, if Kyle talks about that on his podcast. Well, I don't know enough. I like people with that voice. I don't come in contact with that often. Oh, he was big and gay, so it, it was a special one. Oh, yeah, very flamboyant. Teddy, let me hold you. <laughs> so you really found some sort of unicorn? Eh, maybe. <laughs> Don't tell him he's not a unicorn, though, am I right? Did you know that a uh, herd of unicorns is called a blessing? No shit. It's a blessing of unicorns. I mean, it's not real, but... How is that determined? 
I don't know. Who calls the shot on what's a, what a herd of unicorns is? I imagine it was a fantasy author. Who's the committee on that? The person who wrote A Wrinkle in Time or some shit. What does that committee consist of? What are the prerequisites <laughs> involved? I don't know. It's one of those things like uh, like we did multiverse stuff earlier. Multiverse in movies is generally not scientific. I'm not going to argue that. I was trying to think of something. I'm like, meh. I, I watched a, a lecture on multiverse quantum physics and philosophy i wish i'd done it before coherence you know i work in a building full of engineers i brought up how i really liked the new images from this james webb you know satellite with the fancy camera oh and they freaked out <laughs> he read an article and brought it to me the next day i really liked it though. i was like you remembered we talked about that i That's was cool. like we had a moment yeah but i was just like i didn't expect to be going through that because what is it oh have you seen the pillars of creation through the james webb telescope no, I'd like to though. Fucking amazing. I I'm bet. just saying. Okay, I'll stop talking. No, I'm I'm one of those dudes that like follows the ISS on Twitter and they're like, it's over your house now. And I like go outside and look for it. So for our last dinner party movie, we watched Your Next. The whole time we talked about it, talking about a completely different movie, it turns out. Are you serious? Yes. Have you seen this one? No. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. I like this one a lot. This was not the movie. Any mention that we had of this movie throughout the previous episodes. You were thinking it was something else. I was thinking it was something else. That's crazy. I Now I want to know what you were thinking it was. I know. And now what I was thinking of, I definitely cannot remember the name of, but I can still picture the cover. So I'll look for it some more. But that's why the night, the, well, the day that I was going to watch it, I sent you that text like, is this what we're watching? Because I was like, you fucking idiot. Like I was like, I was talking about the wrong movie <laughs> that whole time. <laughs> It's just when it hits you. Well, it's good you checked with me. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have found that cover somehow of the other one and watched that. That could be interesting, though, if that ever did happen. That would be weird. If yeah. If we were sitting here and you were, like, reading the summary and you were like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this movie? And what did he watch? <laughs> <laughs> did I really misinterpret it that bad? Scott seems to know what he's doing. I don't know what's happening. I know sometimes we don't always see eye to eye, but... <laughs> uh. Okay, yeah, I got some notes. You got a lot of literature over here. I got lots of words on these dinner papers. But I like this one. I think this one is a uh, completely different kind of dinner party movie than the other four. Yeah, a little more horror thriller. Yes, but uh, still had all the parts. Yeah, driving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but on the uh, outline this time, I rather than making a story circle, oh my God, they're not on there. Oh, I'm on the invitations outline. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, that's what, who the fuck, <laughs> what movie was, I'm sure you know this, and if we're going to talk about it, that's, what movie was Amy in? I don't know. I forgot to look her up. I meant to. She looked so damn familiar, and I was like, I know that I know this chick. I've seen everyone in this movie in something else, because I like this kind of movie. I like that where it says booby traps, I just focus on the word booby. Yeah, you do. All these words over here, and just booby just sticks out. It's going to blow your mind who she was. You want to hold it until we get to the cast? I'll do it. Oh, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll sit on it. Unlike all four of our other dinner party movies, Your Next opens with what I would call a classic slasher movie cold open. Couple Eric and Talia are having sex, and afterwards Talia wanders partially undressed around the house. Noticing something has triggered the motion lights outside, Eric showers, Talia blasts music, makes a drink, nothing's outside. When Eric gets out, though, he finds Talia dead with the title of the movie written in blood on the window. <laughs> Seconds before, he takes a fucking machete to the head. Then comes our classic dinner party setup. Though, unlike the other four films we watched, 
This movie also qualifies as a slasher, a weekend away, a family reunion movie. I could probably think of other subcategories for this one. Yeah, I'm not even going to try, but I, I, I believe they're out there. We see parents, Paul and Aubrey, arrive at the family's summer house in rural Missouri, which I don't know that they actually said in the movie, but... I was going to say, how'd you come up with that? That's what it said on Wikipedia. Fucking random. And they prepare for the house guests. During this, we see Aaron, our protagonist, and her boyfriend Crispin, Paul and Aubrey's son, also making the journey there in the car. Um, So that's how they spelled Crispin? Microsoft Word did not like that shit. I bet. Wealthy people. Yeah, I think it even corrected it to something else a few times. Crispin is telling Aaron about his family, alluding to wealth acquired by the father's former companies, government defense contracts, and he teases her that Aaron is uncomfortable having dinner with fascists. Hearing a thump on the second floor back at the house, Aubrey sensibly goes outside. Paul goes upstairs to check. Paul's search is interrupted by Crispin and Aaron's arrival. They find the mom outside crying. Not sure why. Very emotional. <laughs> I mean, maybe she had the right reaction. People hear a fucking noise in the house. Sensible decision making in this Yeah, my, like on her part, right there. Fuck that, let's leave. Yeah, which is like... There's someone in our summer home. If I'm in a place that fucking rural, and then I see that like my significant other comes in on the same level as the house as me, when I just know that I heard shuffling above me, somebody's in that fucking room that's not supposed to be here, let's get out. We can call somebody, or just leave. <laughs> just fucking leave. <laughs> So everybody settles in for the night and goes to sleep. Another place that this movie sort of differs from our other ones. The couple settles in for the night. The following day, the other family members arrive. Brother Drake and his wife Kelly arrive in the morning. And just before dinner, Brother Felix, his girlfriend Z, sister Amy, and her boyfriend Tariq. It's all pretty normal family tension over dinner. Siblings criticizing one another until Tariq sees movement outside and looks out the window as the bickering volume intensifies, Tariq is shot through the window with a crossbow bolt. More shots injure Drake. Paul twists his ankle trying to get away. The family retreats to the front hall. Aaron suggests it's a bad idea to try to leave. And making a run for the car, Amy is killed when a razor wire trap across the threshold slits her throat. And big spoilers start here, if that already wasn't enough for you. They're trapped, but... The animal mask killers aren't just already in the house. They may be part of the family. Everything is meticulously planned for except Aaron. As the blood pools around Amy's twitching body, what can only be called epic final girl resolve washes over her. And her upbringing on a survivalist compound ensures the onslaught can't be carried out smoothly. Amy fucked it up. No, not Amy. Sorry. <laughs> I fucked that up. Aaron <laughs> fucked it up. Fuck it. I had Amy on the brain, man. I totally forgot to look up what she was in. This was one of my favorite, like, final girls of all time. Yeah. Getting there was not the easiest for me. I had small I had small things. Overall, I liked this. It's I had, I good had, for what it is. Yeah, I had some things, though. I had some things. As far as this quality slasher movie, it's a really good one. Did you look up that song? I didn't. I fucking hate that song. So in the uh, opening of this, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> when the neighbors get killed, the song she puts on, which is one of the fucking most annoying things I've ever heard. It's uh, Looking for the Magic Dwight Twilly Band. It just plays on a loop the entire movie anytime they're at the neighbor's house. And it's like... <laughs> it's like uh, those indie rock guys that tried to have the classic rock sound, but they were really listening to the White Stripes. Is that pretty close? I think you nailed it. Okay. Yeah, a little too uh, into the strokes, but also a little like they like Bob Seger. 
Yeah, if you're talking to these guys outside the bar after their show, you're like, eh. Yeah, one of them is definitely wearing a vest with like frayed frills all over Maybe it. even a fur. A fur on maybe, the vest. Maybe, maybe, but not real. No. Like they play with just practice orange amps. <laughs> and like a drum set with like one cymbal. That's what it sounded like to me. And it was that time. 2011, The Darkness. <laughs> the band, not <laughs> not the shit in my head. <laughs> Man, I just want to sing. Well, you're next. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your Next was directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett, who also plays the Tiger Mask Killer in the film. Wingard told Barrett that he wanted to make a home invasion movie because he thought they were the only horror film that was still scary. You might be right about that, too. With this in mind, Barrett penned the script, taking inspiration from Agatha Christie as well as screwball comedies. The film stars Sharni Vincent as Aaron, Nicholas Tucci is Phoenix, Wendy Glenn is Z, AJ Bowen is Crispin, Joe Swanberg, also a horror director as well as writer of 2020's The Rental as Drake, Rob Moran is Paul, no relation? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Barbara Crampton is Aubrey, Sarah Myers is Kelly, Amy Seamitz is Amy. Oh, it's just Amy spelled different. That's cute. Um, <laughs> Ty West, most recently director of X and Pearl as Tariq. No shit. Yeah, you didn't know that? I didn't fucking know that. Oh. Holy shit, that's awesome. Lane Hughes is Fox Mask. Elsie Hold is Lamb Mask. <laughs> Larry Fessenden is Eric. Caitlin Shell is Talia. Most of the dinner conversations were improvised based on the cast real life family experiences. That's peachy. Kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> Your Next was filmed in 2011 on location at a rural Missouri mansion that had been unoccupied for 12 years and was shot in one month for only $2 million. It premiered at the Toronto Film Fest in 2011, but did not receive a worldwide release by Lionsgate until 2013, grossing over $7 million in its opening weekend. As with any movie carrying this many tropes across multiple genres, reviews were mixed. The negative reviews mostly cited lack of originality as its biggest flaw. Does it need to be original when it's like this? We're watching dinner party movies. <laughs> I think we've proven in the last month that it doesn't need to be original to be good. Okay, real quick, while we're right there. Did you see something weird about the youngest brother in that first picture they look at? Which one was the youngest brother? Uh, was it Felix or was it Drake? Felix was the one with Z, right? Yes. Yeah, so Felix is the youngest. Okay. No, I didn't see that picture. Oh, my God. That's when I knew. That's when you knew? Like, at the when was the... Was that at the very beginning of the it movie? It really was. Dude, huh. it was... If you have time, go back and just watch those first couple minutes. And I think it's... I think it's Aaron who's looking at, like, a family portrait. It's almost, like, as blunt as something you'd see in a Lifetime movie. Trying to be sneaky. Like, <laughs> you've got this, I didn't catch it, though. You didn't catch it? No. I bet if you went back, you'd be like, oh, fuck. I've seen this movie like six fucking times, too. Okay, so. so in this family portrait, it's like a, you know, family portrait. Everybody's, you know, his face is like off to the side. Like his he's angled a bit differently. It's darker. And the look on his face is like, why the fuck does he look like that? They made him look evil as fuck in the picture. Not like, ah, you know, I'm going to fucking eat your face. You can tell something was up with the kid. Interesting. They threw you off enough, though, I think. He's around a lot. But I don't know. I didn't notice that. So I don't know what that would have done. Oh, man. I was just waiting for it. And then I was like, well, maybe not. Maybe they're doing the thing where they're misdirecting me. I found some uh, continuity errors for you, though. Oh. And I'll, I'll, I'll let them come up organically. But this level of movie is going to be some. Always. I like this kind of horror movie. This community of directors, mm -hmm. they call this mumble gore. Really? Yeah. And I don't know why, but I like it. Like, I know it probably has something to do with mumblecore, that it's kind of punk rock. 
Yeah, well, what gets me is I didn't realize that there were so many directors in this movie. Yeah, they all come out of the woodwork. And that actor who plays Eric in the opening of the movie, he was in Until Dawn. He's been in a lot of other movies like this. I want to say he might have been in Blue Ruin. He was the one banging the chick in the house, right? He's the neighbor. Yeah, but I would say that Blue Ruin kind of falls into this category as far as movies go. And Green Room, too. The same director as Blue Ruin. I feel like... That's a certain kind of horror movie. I mean, like I said, what blew my mind from the get-go was this is not the movie I thought we were, I thought it was for weeks. That kind of overjoys me. (laughs) That you really didn't know what you were getting for once. So the movie that I was thinking about, I feel like they're wearing like a chemical suit and like it's like a guy holding up a champagne glass. I think I know what you're talking about. That is another dinner party movie. It is, right? Yes, that's, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. I was saving and that. We, and we'll probably do that next year. I was almost saving for that. sure. I we're we're going to do this dinner party movie thing See, again. I was saving that thinking it was, okay, I'll save it some more. Yeah, we're going to beat this horse until it's dead. So <laughs> we'll get to it. Not, not all right now. Not all right now. We'll, we're moving on to something else. Um, hey, how'd you like the way the dad treated the mom when she talks about the noise? Huge dick. Just a dick. Such a dick to Barbara Crampton. <laughs> Barbara Crampton is a fucking horror legend. She is, right? She's in Puppet Master. She's in Reanimator. She's in Castle Freak. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I never saw that. That's a weird Scott movie. Never saw that. (laughs) She was in Body Double. She was also in, like, I think she was in Days of Our Lives for a long time, off and on. I came from an All My Children family. I liked Passions. Oh, everybody. Was it fucking, wasn't Timmy? (laughs) Jimmy. Timmy. Timmy. That shit was weird, man. They used to try and make me watch that back in the day against my will. But I feel like they tried to throw you off with, like, Drake's a dick. Super dick. He did a really good job at it. But he wasn't completely like over the edge dick like you got that like there was brotherly love in the beginning of it but Tariq at the dinner table he just met his sister's boyfriend the director of documentaries yeah and that shit he was talking about fucking have you ever thought about directing commercials that's what I like commercials shortened to the point (laughs) or whatever the fuck he says (laughs) he fucking nailed that part yeah he's a good director but man and he wrote the rental so he wrote the rental isn't that kind of crazy because I feel like that overlaps here that's a weekend away. Yeah. And one day we'll do all weekend away movies. Yeah, there's plenty of Most those. Most of them are going to be horror. You know they are. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't normally end happy. Did you recognize Crispin, A.J. Bowen? He looked a little familiar. So he's the guy in Faults that I said I really liked, who punches him in the face? No shit. Yeah. At the books, the or the seminar? At the seminar, yeah. Where he gets mad about his family member and he That's punches him. him. <laughs> he pops up in some things, and they're all kind of this level stuff. I really like him, though. He was uh, in The Signal, Which not one? the one with Cowboy Curtis. Okay. Once again. The one with the Joshua Jackson lookalike on He's the cover? He's the boyfriend that comes home and is acting all crazy, and they tape him to a chair, and then he comes up later. Oh, fuck. That's him. So I need to rewatch The Signal, that one, you know, not with Morpheus. See, I need to watch the Morpheus one. <laughs> See, I feel like I've seen that one twice, and I've only seen The Signal with the Joshua Jackson knockoff once. And when she went over to the neighbor's house to get milk, Barbara Crampton sends her over there. Yeah. That's that classic like slasher movie. You almost saw it coming. She almost could have found out that that was it. I felt like they had cleaned the blood off the sliding glass door in the back, though. Yeah, she paused for a minute when the song started over. Did she? Like, that was a little weird. And she kind of looks around and then just leaves. What'd they do about the milk? <sighs> you don't make as big a batch of whatever you were making. When the shit hits the fan, the shit hits the fan in this movie. Yeah, pretty quick. I feel well, like once it does. this was about the point dinner happened in most of the other movies, with the exception mm-hmm. of The Invitation. Well, in this one, for me, it's it's not like I need likable characters all the time, but sometimes I do. I liked Aaron a lot. 
yeah, I mean, Aaron was cool, but I didn't, there were no other likable characters. I thought that was also interesting that the outsider was almost the, like, not just the hero, but she was also sort of the, in most of the other ones where we had an outsider, they stirred things up. Mm -hmm. But from this one, it was like the outsider coming and being the only one maybe who's not a total piece of shit or a psycho. Yeah, but yeah, most of them were unlikable. You'd think that they would have made defense contractor dad. Anyone oh. likable died real fast. Really fast. You know, I mean, because Tariq and Amy, they were probably, I didn't mind them. But we didn't get to know them well enough. No, we really didn't. They get to the party and fucking they're done. Yeah, they went out fast for coming so late. Mm -hmm. But when she's standing over her and you see that blood and you just see like, like you're like, oh, this is a different movie than I thought it was. <laughs> There was like a lot of resolve there all of a sudden. Like, I know what to do. After she got her first kill? That happens a little later. But you can you see it kind of when Amy goes down and she sees the blood on the floor and she's oh, she I see what you're realizes saying. just yes, how yes. serious this is. I totally agree with that. And I don't think that they came right out and they were like, Oh, she's a badass. Like they, they <laughs> eased into it. They did. I almost thought they were gonna go with like, oh, she had a background in something military or police yeah but i like that she was australian and, and it was a survival thing. it was a survivalist colony way more believable her dad watched a lot of mad max yeah because it went with the home aloneness of this <laughs> the home aloneness for you to say that about she this fucking movie. kevin McAllister's the <laughs> shit out of this situation she like r-rated kevin McAllister'd them i would watch that fucking movie <laughs> i just think of the family guy where it's like if it was Home Alone with, uh, what was it, reasonably... It's like basically if real burglars had broken in and Kevin was there. Did you ever see that? No, I don't think so. There was just a little thing on Family Guy. And it's, oh, if I can remember the title, it'd be even better. Basically, like, two guys walking. He's like, I'm going to get you guys. No. And he's like, pop. And like, just fucking shoots <laughs> him in the head. <laughs> uh, the title brings it all together of that little segment. But uh, no, I mean... The song, Looking for the Magic by the Dwight Twilly Band. Great song. <laughs> you going to listen to that in your car? No, I'm just going to randomly talk about it every five to ten minutes. That way you can hate me because you're like, hey. You'll listen to it on the way home. <laughs> and then when Kelly finds the neighbors, it's always in a slasher movie. That character is fucking doomed already. Oh, the second she gets out of the house, she's on pills. That's the thing, you know. Oh, yeah, they took the Vicodin earlier. Got, yeah, this this couple that's really not happy with their life, you could determine. Yeah, because he tries to have sex at a weird moment, like right after she gets out of the shower. He does, but it's just like what got me, and I don't know if it's just the way that the scene played out, but so she's like bra and panties in front of the, and he gets the bra off, and then she tells him no. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that would like, that would really suck right there. I don't know. I just think that the timing of like how far he got with it was really like, like she kind of let him think it was going to happen. Going to happen. And then she's like, I'm not feeling this right yeah, or whatever. Mutually the like. Mm -mm. Yeah. It was just like, you know, he gets that far. Then she's like, no. And he's like, do you have any Vicodin? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then sure enough, she does. So that tells you where they're at. I was also it took me looking up the masks to figure out what some of them were, because one of them was like a tiger. But they yeah. were all white, so it was hard to tell. Like yeah, I so got there was a sheep, a tiger, and a wolf. A sheep, a tiger, and a fox. Oh, it was a fox, not a wolf. I want to say there was one more guy. I started losing track of the dudes. See, that's the thing. There's one of them that they showed in one scene, or that they can, and they can do like a saw later on. You know what I mean? Like, there was somebody else. 
It was hard to keep track of which masks were which. I almost wish that it wasn't like the strangers where you were like, <laughs> I know that one is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, he's right about that. Home Invasion scared the shit out of me, man. I'm telling the you. The rental scared the fuck out of me towards the end. And uh, the strangers fucks me up. No, you know, we've got those little latches on the doors up high because we have a little one. You know, like they came with the house for like similar reason. And it's like, I like those. <laughs> They're the good ones, you know what I mean? Like in the frame. And I just like that. I'm like, well, it'll give me that extra like half second to do something <laughs> if somebody's really trying to tear that fucker down. But I thought all these instances too, Aaron made sensible decisions. And that's something I like in a slasher movie. She was on her toes, you know, no hesitation thing. Aubrey made a sensible decision going outside. And then, because I didn't really dislike the mom. No. She like was, she was kind of high strung. But I mean, think of what she had to deal with. I mean, that, yeah, having that, Drake as a son. Uh, yeah, jeez, and Felix. Yeah, who knows what Felix was experimenting with? Felix seemed fine. See, I was, it was very apparent to me, like from the get go, that you were like this fucking guy. Him and Z. It was the. I didn't see that. That's that's you crazy. Didn't? I've seen it so many times. I've never noticed that. And then I was hoping that they would twist it a little different to where like they had me thinking, oh, these are gonna be, they're gonna be involved. And then like, oh, no, and there he gets fucking stabbed in the throat. You know, like I was waiting for it to twist around and be like, nope, you were fucking wrong. But I wasn't. Kind of good, though. I think that's what we want. We want to figure it out a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But to still be surprised. Yeah, because I didn't see the other thing. Yeah. Until it got it, when it got close, I was like, oh, and then it happened like right after I thought it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, because then Crispin goes for help and doesn't ever come, come back. back and you expect him to show up with the cavalry you know what i mean like oh uh, and then stop her from getting axed by like when she was finally injured enough to go down no that wasn't the case yeah and when drake gets stabbed when you find out that felix is involved and they're down in the basement and he stabs him with like five fucking screwdrivers yeah so i was wondering that because okay so i've never stabbed anybody yeah no um, you stab someone in the abdomen. It's my understanding it takes a fucking while to well, die. Well, yeah, and I'm like, you, you're probably panicking to some degree, even if you've made the choice to do this. But, like, I think that's what, like, tells you what level you're going to be next. See, some people are going to do, like, Felix and keep stabbing in the chest. It's the guy who picks one up and goes right through the temple. That's you Aaron. know what I mean? See, yeah, it's all about reaction and how far you're willing to take it. <laughs> Or just how quick you are on your toes, you know? Like, hey, buddy. Hey, Felix. Maybe like four or five small needles to the chest isn't kicking in quite good enough. Maybe something to the eye, side of the skull. Aaron's final girl kills get way more intense as time goes on. Because that first one, she beats that guy with a meat tenderizer. Meat tenderizer? The big, what, what size meat tenderizer is it's that? It's a big fucking meat tenderizer. I've never seen one that big. I mean, is it like a, it's like a gavel? Uh, meat tenderizer combo. Those people are buying some big meat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are they doing like these huge like roasts every night? What the fuck do you need of the thing was huge. How, how, um, what's something to put it in perspective? Cause she wasn't like a short, short person. I don't believe she wasn't tall either though. So maybe it was a little out of, out of scale, but still it was a big meat tenderizer bigger than an apple. And that's, it starts Would with like, a, than, I'd say bigger than an apple. Yeah. And it starts with a bludgeoning and then it, escalates to like when we get to felix and z that shit is brutal because she fucking kills him with a blender i was hoping it was gonna happen as soon as i saw me it, too i was hoping and then it happened and i was like yes I was like, oh fuck yeah yeah there was just like that yeah she did it she knew yeah and then she stabs z in the head i did like when z and felix were upstairs and z says 
I want you to fuck me on this bed next to your dead mom. Yeah, that's dark. But I appreciated it being there. But and see, she was dark and she wanted to be freaky and do weird shit and she wanted to be a killer. But really, she didn't have a lot of the feisty in her. You know, she didn't have the anger, the aggression. She might have been a conniving bitch. Yeah, because she almost hit Aaron with that board with nails in it, but she backed out. If she she really felt it, she would have hit her in the face when she turned around. Hey, Aaron. (sighs) Nails right to the face. Yeah. She did not go that route. And then even right before she gets it, like, what is she doing? Like, growling at her? Hissing? (sighs) Yeah, gnashing her teeth. Yeah, like, uh, and I thought it was like, oh, it's going to be one of those, oh, who gets to the ice pick first scenes? You know, the stretch. And the fingertips on the floor and the blood or something. We're jumping around real bad, but uh, when that she tries to fuck him next to her dead mom. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Let's go. The back machete to that. is sticking out of mom. Still in the bed, and then in the next shot, it's gone. And also, it would be with the fox because he had the machete, right? Or was it yeah. tiger mask? It was the shorter guy. Okay. Which I don't remember which one was. So it shouldn't have been sticking out of mom either way. Well, at the very beginning when they found her like that, they had not yet weaponed up. Somebody's got to pull it on mom's head is what I was thinking. If you were really on the ball. Also, until Crispin leaves, that wire got gorier and gorier every time you saw it. Wait, what wire? The wire across the front door. Oh, like you're saying like it just like. (laughs) It just got more shit hanging off of it. And nobody else fucking ran into the wire. It was just Amy. It was like Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead. He just got dirtier and dirtier and then. So to bounce in another direction again, Amy, guess who she is? Ferris, Alien Covenant, Danny McBride's chick. Yeah, she was in Alien Covenant. I do remember that now. What was the chick from um, Clea Duvall? You know how she's got that distinct face? Yeah. I felt like she looks like her, and I feel like I thought that in Covenant, too. Maybe a little bit, yeah. And I'm really glad that it was Alien Covenant that she was in. Because when I was watching, I was like, wait, I know her. I know her for sure. I've seen her in something. And it's because I'm one of those weird alien guys that will rewatch every alien movie just several times throughout the year. Also, when Aaron goes down in the basement and kills the last one, when she's hiding, there's the flashing. She knocks all the fucking light bulbs out, first of all. Fucking badass. And then when she's hiding there, she is drenched in blood. Like, it's in her hair. It's on her face. And then when she comes back upstairs... Not a whole lot of blood. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But those are the little things I like about this kind of slasher movie. Because I think it has to be a little bit cheap. A little bit. Yeah, The so I didn't know that they were all directors. Drake, you know, like, it's one of my things to, I, I would love to be in a movie. But, you know, I've never really, like, acted, acted on film. I don't know how I would do. I could be really bad. I don't feel like as, as if he was the strongest actor. I liked I what he did. anyone was necessarily the strongest. strongest. A.J. Bowen. Probably the strongest actor. Yeah, he's got a good flow. He knew what he was doing. Because I thought that sometimes Drake was a bit heavy-handed with it, and it was almost like the nanny-nanny-boo-boo kind of... I don't know, I almost saw like a child in him, and I mean, it could have... Oh, you know what? A.J. Bowen was also in Ready or Not. He's the husband of one of the daughters. So he's he's in a lot of these kinds of movies. I respect his decisions. (laughs) I'm sure he's just a cool guy, and they like him. But he's good in all of it. He's kind of crazy. He could be a little scary. And like you said, everybody did a good job. They did good. Because this sort of movie is fine with a certain kind of actor. You don't have to go big. But I really liked how it ended with the uh, police officer after she sets all her Kevin McAllister traps all over the place. Oh, that was Because that was a solid trap with the axe and the the brick attached Mm -hmm. to it to weight it down. Yeah, that's some real puzzle shit. That's some real survivalist colony skill. Motherfucker. (laughs) Just press it once, man. One beep. (laughs) The fuck?
When the cop comes and sees her fucking kill Crispin. He shoots her because he sees her doing like the final kill. And he isn't attacking her. He's unarmed. So you're like, oh, it's going to. And that I was, was like, that one was a heat of passion murder at that point. It was. She could play it off, though. Doesn't matter. The cop got fucking axed. Yeah. And she could just play that off like somebody else had set the trap. But I really like it just ends right there. And I think Aaron survived. Do you think Aaron survived? Yes. I am always under the assumption that if you don't die on camera, like really die, you're not dead. Well, and especially because she's the established badass of the movie. And it's clearly a high and right. That was very close to the shoulder. So you're like not the heart side. You don't really have anything vital that high. I mean, that's muscle, tendon, and bone. But I like that in a slasher movie. Like I like that final girl at the end of... uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where you're like, that girl's fucking nuts now. <laughs> and Aaron is in deep shit because she killed all these fucking people. She was an outsider. She's the wild card. But they end right there, which is a nice Scott place to end. It was good. That was my kind of fucking end. Um, and I like that the credits showed every room that everyone died in. I really appreciated the last 15, 25 minutes of that movie. I thought the end just, that was that was the good stuff. Yeah, they went all the way. That was the good stuff. Those guys don't fuck around. <laughs> I was just looking at my notes. Arrow to bro's back. Good thing he's pilled out. I did think that he would fucking die. Like, it looked like it punctured his fucking lung. He made, like, wheezing sounds and all that, and then he just passed out and woke back up. We needed him for more story. Well, see, I'm wondering if the pill addiction played into him just being such a trooper. Maybe. I always think about that. Could you keep going with this amount of injury in a situation like that? I don't know. I've never been that injured and fighting for my life. But I, you know, I like to think about it. So once when I was 13, I got in a fight. I got punched in the nose from behind. It fractured my nose and it, it did something to my orbital. Like it messed up my eye a little. It's out of school like three days. I had hydrocodone. You know, in between Cullen and Burnett Road, before those apartments were there, did you ever, were you there when it was an empty lot? Or were those apartments always there on that corner? They were always there. So before those apartments were there, there was like an empty lot from where a building used to be. So we would cut through there to go to Dallas nightclub parking lot to like. Oh no, I I remember that. Yeah, with the, bo- the there was a hole in the fence. We used to cut through it. Yeah, people were like coming over to my house after school because you know I was like wasn't at school, and then I'm like 13 and all pilled out, and my mom was like, yeah, you can go hang out with friends. <laughs> so like I'm just walking down the street, you know, like just popped like like a hydrocodone or two. We're going over there, and I walk and I feel something. I hear a noise. I'd taken two steps. A nail was through a board. It went through my shoe and into my fucking heel. I didn't feel it. I got steps in with a nail in my heel. Did you try to take your shoe off first? No. See, that's what I did. <laughs> I I went for like the take the shoe off. The board stuck to my shoe. <laughs> nail in my foot. We grabbed the wood and just pulled the fucking nail out of my foot. No blood. That's the same thing happened to me. No blood. And I and I want to say it's because of the pills. No pain. I think it was the rust. We didn't have money, and I'd just been to the hospital for getting punched in the face. We weren't going back to the doctor, so I think my mom like rinsed it out with alcohol. Yeah, when we were kids, you didn't. That was what you were avoiding was having a hospital bill. Yeah. It was your whole job. That's the thing. I'd just been, and they gave me a shot, dude, that was so badass. I, they gave me a shot. I was out for like three, four hours. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and then you wake up, and you're going home for a couple days with hydrocodone. So you're saying Drake could have probably... I'm saying the power of the pills, man. You might be right about that. I don't like pain pills anymore because I like I feel like I get aggressive, like I'm just looking for a fight with somebody. And you shit funny. So I mean it's not fun. But I'm I'm thinking that the pills probably helped him in his uh with his pain threshold. Well, I think that the big similarity between 
protagonists anyway, where everybody was sort of on the cusp of a decision that she's meeting this guy's family for the first time. So it's sort you of serious. You want to make a good impression. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> are you going to get along with them really or do you just have to kiss ass for a couple hours? And I feel like she was accepting it. Like she was like, I mean, this is your family. She was being cool about it. You're not marrying the family. You know, all these stories, if one of them's marrying like the rich one, they're cool with whatever's going on. Yeah, but that shit Crispin was saying was like, you were going to be the witness. <laughs> we were going to leave you alive. They're definitely a family that would participate in the purge. It's a weird idea to to do that. Why are you not just like I get that Felix was the younger one. So he was they were trying to kill everyone that could like they didn't want Drake to have that money. <laughs> so they were like, fuck that shit. Drake's an asshole. We're not bringing Drake in on this one. OK, the military guys, the, the masks. It's made clear that they're military. Yeah, they're dressed full on military. Well, and then he uh, he was like, we were in the same unit. They didn't seem too tactical, like maybe special forces, but not. No, I mean, like, maybe not super special, like, like maybe these guys were in the army, but like one was a cook, one was like a civil engineer, one was, (laughs) you know what I mean? Fucking military family brain. I mean, I don't know anything about that. So I just was like, I accept this. So like, you know, just because you're in the military, I mean, you're also you're all soldiers, but like that doesn't mean you're a fighter. You know what I mean? Like you may have gone through basic training and learned how to run and shoot the gun and do push ups. But what's your job? Are you a radar guy? Are you a cook? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. They had it enough to pee in bottles and stay in a fucking closet. The master closet. That was the master bedroom, which means that the parents stayed a night in the room with him in the closet. Oh, fuck yeah. They didn't open that closet? He was about to open that closet when Crispin showed up. But that was the walkthrough. Once you're already back in there and staying the night, you're not opening like... I mean, I'm not saying you open it all the time, but... But you haven't stayed there a while. Why not check before you get to bed? Just I'm a spider guy. I'm always afraid of spot. Like <laughs> I don't want them near a bed, <laughs> or you know I've been stung by scorpions. So like, uh, oh, the uh, bachelor bachelorette thing before my wedding. There was a centipede in this fucking weird lake house thing that we. This is the biggest goddamn centipede I've ever seen in my life. It was in the moon tower thing above the master bed where we slept. I don't know that I would check the closet for those sort of things. Uh, I look at things. I'm also I also was paranoid about things before watching the rental. So any Airbnb situation, like I'm I'm doing weird shit for a little and bit. And now we know that this was part of that evolution. Yeah. And I mean, not to mention that that can be real life. <laughs> so I'm just, and I just watched Barbarian, goddammit. Um <laughs> This was a little more on the absurd side. Of oh, definitely. Things, but I I love that in this kind of movie. Well, yeah, and I get that there was a plan, but what I mean, would that end game have really worked? With the police and lawyers and insurance and the banks. It seemed like they had a pretty good grasp of how it was supposed to go down in the beginning of it. Maybe Felix didn't, but you would think Crispin did. Uh-huh. That he wasn't I mean, just going along with was it. Was it just supposed to be like a home invasion, but only these people died? Was that the That's the kind big... of the thing that I poke a hole in, mm-hmm. is why not just kill mom and dad when they're there by themselves? And everybody shows up and they're already dead and then the money's gonna everybody gets their inheritance it was like they were trying to break the inheritance point but they were trying to they were paying those guys a lot of money yeah because by the end what the guy was at 500k and the other dude was at three yeah he was gonna pay him like five hundred thousand dollars well five hundred and three so that's eight hundred thousand that's almost a million for these guys like did they really have that many millions were there that many millions at stake 
How many millions were we talking about? I don't know. I don't know what kind of money is in uh, defense contracts. Like, where was he at in the chain of defense contractors? Like, I mean, what did he do? Like, And do you have to pay the taxes on that inheritance? I mean, I guess it depends on if so much of it went into a trust before you got access to it. And there was a set period of time. And then when you got it, you had to make uh, donations of a certain dollar amount annually. There could have been asterisks for days. That's just what I'm saying. I feel like no matter how much they worked on the plan, I don't know about that plan. I think at the point we've gotten in thinking about it, I wouldn't have thought about it anymore. And just been like, I like this movie. I like Aaron. Kind of a crazy, like, final girl protagonist. Because they don't all react this way so quickly. Yeah. And I kind of liked it that she was like fucking Liam Neeson's. She had a particular set of skills. She did. There was one other thing. When they you start seeing the arrows come through the window... <laughs> And they pick up the chairs to run in front of the window. Could they not just crawl along the wall under the window? For sure, but that's one of those things like you don't know how you're going to react if you're in that situation. I mean, I but I think I would. I'm Everybody like, is always like, why is she falling down? Why is she running that way? Don't go that way. Don't go upstairs. I know, I know. Like, there's the whole you thing. You don't fucking know what you you're going to do. You don't know, but at the same time, I feel like no matter what the situation, I'm looking at that. My first thought is not to pick up a chair and hold it against the side of me <laughs> as I'm walking by in front of the window. Just that instance. There's other things I could say. Just that one to me was like, no matter how freaked out you are, that's one of those things. Like, how did that become the number one option? They did a lot of exterior shots of her in the house where you saw her entire, like, head to toe. But that's where she also laid the trap with the wood with the nails. And there was clearly, I'd say, two feet You're of right. Wood. You're right about that. And she learned that one directly from Kevin McAllister. That was, yeah. That I one mean, was in there. That got hairy. Where's the where's the gallon of paint? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss watching dinner party movies. I mean, what, maybe we'll find Dutch mid-year and be like, oh, shit, we found it. Dude, and then I'll have to find a pack of nudie playing cards so we can play while we're talking or something. <laughs> do, the, do the dance. He like, thought that dance was so cool. But it was fun for a first series to do this, especially around the holidays, because I don't even think we necessarily meant to do it this way. It just fit perfectly. Yeah. And if you're going with your significant other to meet their family at a dinner party and it's in the woods, fucking watch out. Make sure your phone's charged. Maybe get a little survival kit for your well, They back had pocket. that cell phone jammer. <laughs> That's right. They cost about 30 bucks. <laughs> they thought of a lot of shit. They cost about 30 bucks. I had that in here. There may have been some filmmaking stuff, but there was definitely... Everything got answered for, for the most part. Those guys were not special forces. There was no... What kind of cars was everyone driving? In that movie? He had a Lexus. The dad? No. What's Crispin? Crispin? Drove an older... It was an older Lexus. I knew you would know. After he talked about, does your family have money or whatever the conversation was in the car? When they got out, I was like, what kind of car is Crispin driving? He was a professor. It was an older Lexus. It was he probably got it right when he started like the better, you know, professor yeah, position. Yeah, when he sold his Volvo. Yes. Yes. Like you saw a hood open on something at one point. When the hood was open, it was like, so did they fuck up the engine? They didn't show what was under the hood. He didn't say like they cut the wires. It just shows him standing next to an open hood. And that's when he's kind of talking out loud. And I was like, well, damn, he's being pretty ballsy. Knowing that these people were outside, he's standing next to this open hood just talking to himself. Was that Felix? No, that was Crispin. Uh, well, I mean, Crispin knew. Yeah. Crispin didn't think he was in danger. You know, he did know, but what was he looking at under the hood? I have no idea. Yeah. Must have been something that got cut. Something, or he was cutting it to say it got cut. Because I don't remember looking at the length, but this was a, a nice Hour tight, 35. Hour, hour 35, 35, 34. 
Yeah, so all of them, all of these dinner party movies came in in a nice, you know, I think 85 minutes, if you can make a perfect movie in 85 minutes, that's the dream. Well, there was that time when like 90 was like a standard almost, and then an hour 45 started, and then you had an epic film if it was like two to two and a half. Yeah, and all of these movies were across genre, but they were all dinner parties, and they all ran about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And we did all levels of budget here. This one is $2 million, so the invitation was probably, I didn't look it up, but I would guess it was around 7 maybe. Somewhere in there. These movies are definitely cheap to make. Well, yeah. I mean, you had a couple bigger names in The Invitation. The Invitation or Silent Night probably had the John star, Carroll star Lynch power. cost money. Keira Knightley's not cheap, I'd imagine. No way. Um, Nor is uh, Ozymandias. Or what's her name? Lucy Punch? Lucy Punch, yeah. She's probably, she, can, she probably turns a, a pretty penny over yeah. there. Yeah. You know, Silent Night might have had a more expensive cast than The I, Invitation. I think that that was the highest budget. That had the highest special effects budget, without a doubt. Yeah. We had to see that cloud coming towards us. All the tornadoes. That was the biggest budget of all the movies we watched. This one was uh, closer to coherence. I think my favorites were Silent Night and The Invitation, though. Those are like my top two out of these, like preference-wise. Mine's going to be Coherence and yeah. The Invitation. I think those are the most dinner party movie. They don't have a lot of gray area to them. I think the other ones go all out with stuff other than the dinner party. And those ones, you really get the bottled dinner party feeling. I think I've mentioned all of my finer points on this one. I think I just, I'm going to miss it a little bit. and I don't want it to end. I mean, we're not jumping right into another theme next, are we? No, next episode, we're going to do a little year-end review. Yeah, that sounds, that's right. Maybe watch some. We just talked about it, like, what, 45 minutes ago? Yeah, watch some (laughs) trailers of things we're excited about for next year. Stuff like that. Yeah, I need to catch up on movies actually coming out in the next couple of months. Yeah, more of a mini episode than anything else. Yeah, I will uh, I will be going to see the new Avatar. The breaking of water? Yes, the forming of uh, water molecules on James Cameron's brow. The making water. Look, man, I'm going to learn to speak Navi, and I'm just going to come in here and say things to you just to be a dick. Uh, I'm going to learn to speak Klingon, and I'm going <laughs> to fucking do the whole podcast in Klingon. It's going to be very specific from now on. <laughs> that's that's Wookiee. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at The Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.